genre. Welcome back to the Cornetto Minute, the daily podcast where we crawl our way to the bitter end of the world's end, one minute at a time. I'm Nick Jimenez. I'm Scott Corelli. And today we're preparing to annihilate Minute 72, which begins with Gary telling Sam to leave them behind and ends with Gary watching as Sam drives out of town. Mm-hmm. It's like a little, little, little short film. This one, yeah. this minute, fully contained. It's uh, it's really great. There's been there's been so much mayhem the past few weeks. It's nice to have just like a quiet character heart to heart. Yeah, between two two yeah. people that have kind of been mis. <clears throat> I don't know. It's just a it's, a it's a cool little moment. Yeah, for sure. Um, so I I really like the scene. Uh, there is one bit in it that I don't love. Uh, and it is the bit where he says that Gary says, uh, I always land on my feet and she says, I don't know that that's true, Gary. (laughs) Uh, and it's like, uh, they like both like almost like look at the camera, (laughs) like (laughs) as if to say, like, remember five seconds ago when he landed on the car? Okay. It's a little too sitcom-y for me. Yeah. Um, it does, it feels out of place and it feels even more out of place when you realize that the ju- that there is no joke in the script, that was a joke that they added. Um, because what is it in the script? In the joke, it says, uh, leave him with me. I got this. Sam says, are you sure? Gary says, I always come up smiling. And Sam says, I don't know if that's true, Gary. Oh, I think I, I, think I prefer I always land on my feet because I really like Rosamund Pikes. I don't know if that's true, Gary. Yeah, but I don't – see, I don't like it. I think it's in an inappropriate place for a joke. And so like this isn't a joke. Mm-hmm. The, the the script isn't right. a joke. Yeah, it's Gary being like genuinely saying like I always come up smiling, and she's like, I don't know that that's true. Mm-hmm. Like as if to say like I I think you're kind of fucked up, Gary. Like I think yeah, I don't I don't think you're in a good place. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and I just think it's more earnest and genuine than the moment that's in the movie, which is just like a sitcom joke, like mm-hmm. something that could be in the Big Bang Theory, and then it leads into uh, like. I was on my feet, and it's like that's objectively not true, right? Like we just saw that that's not true. You like broke my fucking car, right? And like that that kind of starts the the game of this minute, which is like, but it'll be, but you know, but hey, maybe we could have. It's like Gary bringing up something, like, uh-huh. and Sam, like, no, like I don't. That doesn't have to be true, man. Like, yeah. Well, like if things, if I maybe if I hadn't have gone to the. If I hadn't have ditched you at the disabled, things would have been different. Like, well, it's not all about that night. I don't know. It's just like it, it's 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 Gary. I think it is most vulnerable this minute. Yeah, that we've seen him so far, at least. Yeah, where he's like really reaching out to Sam, and I think Sam's trying to reach out to him too. But I think in this moment, you realize that what 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 Sam what 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 Gary wants out of Sam just isn't available. Yeah, you know, it's like look, you're a good dude, man, but like you're not you're not boyfriend material, right? That definitely hurts him when she says that. Yeah. Even though he knows that it's true. It's like right. hearing it. 
is is uh, problematic for yeah. him. Yeah, Sam so far is the only character in the movie who's been able to force Gary to see objective reality. Yeah. Well, yeah, she like refuses to just like let him. Yeah. Off the hook. Do his thing. Right. You know? Even eventually Andy, like, okay, it's pointless arguing with you. Meaning, like, go ahead, live in fucking Gary world. I don't care. Right. But Sam, for whatever reason, nurture, is able to kind of, like, calm him down in a way, almost. Yeah. Like, you know, to where he can kind of have a moment where he's like, oh, she's right. She can break through the facade. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, And I think it's something that he's not used to, because I think he's used to being with the types of of because specifically because of the types of girls that he tends to chase it seems like i assume he was dating high school girls until right he basically got to the point where he was just too old just and just, they're just not interested it went from being like ooh cool older guy to like ew gross dude you're like 30 you're older than my teacher yeah yeah yeah, yeah. it's like what what sam says like you know it's different when you're facing 40 right and so i think i think he's probably been mostly alone mm-hmm. since that point um I hope so maybe maybe uh you know hooking up with uh with girls at like uh you know rehab and rehab and stuff like that yeah he se- he seems like well because he is such a charismatic person right and he is he has such potential to be like a lovable endearing person right which i think is why people that he's fucked over like mm-hmm. sam Mm-hmm. are still like you're a good person gary like yeah she's still rooting for him she doesn't like resent him no she doesn't say that he's a good person she or, says you, he's not a bad person you're not a bad person yeah yeah that's true <laughs> it's, yeah. A, it's a it's a difference yeah you're like you, you are not like a bad person right you've just like you're, you're really, just a fuck up. you're really fucked up yeah and you're and he and yeah and she and she hits the nail on the head when she says like you've got to go forwards right and it'll be interesting to see how gary interprets that advice interprets that advice in minutes to come well i think he's gonna interpret it by going forward with the golden mile <laughs> right yeah she's right i do need to go forward mm-hmm. to the king's head <laughs> <laughs> yeah i uh I, I don't know i just i think that um i i do i really like this scene it's like a really nice um you know heart to heart scene between these two characters and sam is is interesting because I don't know. She's like different from every other female character that's been in this trilogy. I mean, Hot Fuzz barely had one, but you sure, know, she's, she's she's still different she's, from anyone from Sean. I kind of look at her if you if you look at her as a uh, an evolution of a character like Liz, yeah, and back in Sean or even Diane, yeah. she does seem to be. Through no fault of the writing of Sean, like Liz and Diane, I think are solid characters, but something about the writing in this and then also Rosamund Pike's performance, she just seems to be like a much more, like a richer, well-developed character. Yeah. Even though you arguably spend less time with her as you do Diane or Liz, you well, just you just get a sense of this feels, she feels like a real person. Yeah, because she's not, she's not a representation of an idea. Right, 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 right. Like, like Liz and Diane yeah. are. Liz was sort of like the audience proxy for like the girlfriend. Right. And Diane is like the archetypal like girlfriend's best friend. Right. Well, yeah. And, and it's like, it's in terms of, they're both defined by what Sean is lacking. Right, right. Which is passion in Diane mm-hmm. and responsibility. In Liz. Liz. 
uh, and and just like generally having your shit together, I yeah. guess. <laughs> but uh, you know, it's it's uh, you know, so she's not really a representation of anything, and in fact, if anything, she's an anti-representation because he is. Uh, he is uh, 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 objectifying her, mm. but she is not an object. And so <laughs> the, the movie is like inherently being like, no, 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 she's anti-objectification. You can't object her because the point is that he wants to object her, uh, you know, yeah, objectify yeah. her, and, and he can't because I've never thought she's about a that. real person. Yeah, I've never thought about it in that lens, but that is kind of where a lot of the comedy draws from. Like mm-hmm. when ter- potentially like really – uncomfortable and gross i mean it is, it is gross but in the context of the movie like when he drags her back into the disabled <laughs> right. the comedy seems to come from at least from my perspective there's a safety to it because it's you don't feel like there's any danger for sam right she's like buddy <laughs> <laughs> right. That's, jesus scary take a hint yeah yeah exactly <laughs> like she seems she still has all the power or the or it it's it seems in like in the movie she does in the right. mo- yeah where yeah. it's like she's, real, real life is we we you know that's right, a yeah, whole other thing right, but, but it, like in terms of the movie she has all the power yeah you're not I, I as an audience member for me I I, I don't worry for Sam in those moments right. it's like oh Sam's just gonna swat this threat away like a fly right or just like Gary stop because she's a real person yeah yeah and yeah. um yeah that's 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 interesting you know it's something about Edgar Wright because we 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 do fairly often bring up the the lack of female characters in this trilogy or in his filmography as a whole yeah but i don't think that frustration ever stems from his inability to write female characters because i don't know the female characters that are in his movies do tend to be like i don't know but when i look at like uh even filmmakers i i i i, I apologize I, I like you know be they like kevin smith or michael bay yeah to a certain extent both very different filmmakers yeah but I don't know because when I think when I think about like Knives Chow or Ramona Flowers or Doris Thatcher, mm-hmm. I'm not like I don't know. I remember them fondly. Sure. Or you, yeah. Yeah, I mean, I okay. Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> okay. Yeah, I mean, I I I do remember them fondly, I guess, but I don't think that they're. I think this is the only multi-dimensional character that he's ever had. Sure, sure. In a movie, female mm-hmm. character. Right, right. Um, you know. Uh, you've got two major ones in Baby Driver. Neither one of them are very archetypal. No, yeah, they're they're honestly one dimensional, right? I, on purpose, I think by design, for but, sure. But because um, I think everybody in that movie is fairly one dimensional, yeah, uh, by design. Um, they're kind of silhouetted characters, yeah, uh, are very much archetypes. Mm-hmm. And then uh, you know, in Scott Pilgrim, it's like I guess they're a little more complex, but they're still like the perfect high school girlfriend and the perfect 20 something girlfriend, you know, like mm-hmm. there's still, and, like, then, and then in between you have characters like Kim Pine. Yeah. That are a bit more nuanced or a bit, we're a bit more like, Oh, what's, what's her deal? Yeah. I'd say a bit more aloof. I don't aloof. know about nuanced because mm-hmm. it's not like we get anything beyond her. Yeah, aloofness. that's true. That's true. Cause like a lot of the nuance was had room in like the books right where you have those great moments like where scott goes to visit Kim out in the country yeah yeah, yeah. you know those, those are all yeah the stuff from the books and so those are different in the movie it's just like oh the aloof character yeah um yeah so i don't know i but i think i think this is definitely the most fully formed female character that is in an edgar Wright movie mm-hmm. i think um going back to the thing about her saying uh you have to go forward not backward mm-hmm. is 
interesting as a discussion of life, but also as a discussion of uh, alcoholism and relapse mm-hmm. and 12 steps. Right. Um, so, I, I mean, I think there's I think there's a couple of things going on there. Um, right. Because I think, you know, all he's doing is what the, I mean, this entire movie is about this guy's relapse, mm-hmm. you know, because uh, I don't think my feeling is that he was not. Since he tried, he, he attempted suicide. I don't think he's been drinking because mm-hmm. he's been in that hospital. Right. Um, that I think he escaped from. Yeah. That, that, that moment of inspiration that we see. Right. Uh, and so I think that he is in a state of uh, currently in a state of relapse. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, it's, it's a thing where, um, you have this character like pointing out to him, like, you can't go backward. You have to go forward. Mm. You know, there comes a time where you have to go forward, not backward. And, you know, she's talking about maturity, you know, he's taking it to mean the golden mile. <laughs> right. And I think that what the movie is saying, I think the movie is talking about relapse and how you can't become sober if you keep going backward. Mm-hmm. Um, or that, yeah, and, or, and that even uh, relapse has the potential to be part of the moving forward process. Or like you shouldn't be afraid to like oh well I I already messed up so I'm just fucked forever I oh might yeah as well right but like no like you always have the op you always have the opportunity or option to move forward even if you stagger uh huh and have a moment of wallowing or relapse that Gary's currently living through yeah but I I don't I I don't think it's the same thing because I don't I don't um I don't disagree with what you're saying but I don't think it applies to Gary because Dick Gary has no interest in going forward. His relapse isn't a true relapse because he was never trying to move forward to begin with mm-hmm. because he doesn't think he did anything wrong or mm-hmm. he doesn't think the drinking is bad. Yeah, he has you can't been, you can't you can't change if you don't want to. He hasn't like been living a sober life the way Andy has like, committed to it. To right. Commit to surprise no, no, it's not about commitment. It's about I mean, it is about commitment, but it's not like like uh, Andy's I would say is like is like a true relapse because he was like, I am sober. And now he's relapsing. Mm-hmm. Whereas Gary, I don't think when he was in that circle, like he was just like, you know, right, I don't, I'm, not, I'm not taking any of this seriously. This is annoying and I want it to end so I can move on and go back to the, my life. Mm-hmm. Right. And or, you know, God forbid, try again. But he's I don't think he's interested in letting go of this life because he thinks it still has something to offer him. So like until he accepts that he that it doesn't have anything to offer him that it's not helping him he's not going to be able to move forward you know so he's always looking backward for answers like oh I'm like this because of this thing that happened I'm like this because of this you know this will make me happy this all of these things in the past and he's never turning and looking in the other direction he's always looking back and until he can switch and see a a, a world where he can change and quit drinking and see a future for himself. Like he's not going to be able to move forward. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Yeah. Um, I just don't, I don't, I don't, yeah, I don't think it's as simple as like a, I'm not really talking about like a true, like, you know, like a bump of the road to recovery. Mm-hmm. This isn't a bump on the road to recovery. He's not on the road to recovery. Yeah. 
You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, okay. So uh, anyway, um, yeah, and I mean, I guess that all goes back to the the. It's not all about that night. Yeah, which is it, it you know resonates with it. It's something very human. I think the place a uh, one event or one night to kind of give it maybe a disproportionate sense of importance in your life. Uh huh. Yeah. Yeah, it's it is weird that his I want like it seems the movie makes it seem like he's always sort of planted a flag on that night. Yeah. To say where every that's that's where everything has changed. I agree with that. But it's also interesting because he never thought to do the golden mile again until that kid was like, Are you you know, I don't know if he's a kid. Um, but the younger man, the younger man, the, the saying in the circle, like, you know, uh, do you regret not getting to the end? You know, not finishing it. Mm-hmm. And and then that's what like spurs on this idea. So it's interesting that, um, you know, despite the fact that it seems like everything is sort of revolved around this night for for Gary as like the last great night that he ever had. And, mm-hmm. you know, that's sort of how he was describing it mm-hmm. to um, everyone in the circle. I think it's interesting that. He never thought to do this sooner. Yeah, I mean, I guess, I guess, you know, at that point, it's like, well, like, you know, then we wouldn't have a movie. But uh, well, I think it's interesting that he he saw this night for almost twenty years as like the benchmark of his life, right? But also like the past. Yeah, this thing that he couldn't go back to. Yeah, that he was never able to return to. Yeah, and then all of a sudden, in this burst of inspiration, it's like, oh wait, yeah, yes, I can. Yeah, I can go back. I, you know, it's, it's, it's pretty, it's pretty crazy how, you know, the thing that, that most movies do in terms of like structure and you're talking about like, you know, like act one structure and the things that you're setting up and then what act two is, um, it's interesting that this movie sets his want in like the very first scene, right? So you have all that preamble, Mm -hmm. but that very first scene is just like, oh, well, I know what this movie is going to be about. Yeah, you know. Well, you think you know it. Well, yeah, but like yeah. the lar- you know, this this yeah. man grappling with this rose-colored night in his life, right? And then that he's mythologized, mythologized. Yeah, it's just interesting because then the the rest of Act One is him getting everyone else to agree <laughs> yeah. to go on this journey with, him. right? Yeah, and so it's like he's putting his team together. Yeah, it's like almost like a heist movie. Yeah, and then and then. Act two starts with the with the start of the the Golden Mile. Yeah, I would say like, like like Danny Ocean emerges from jail, already yeah. kind of having the plot in his head. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's kind of interesting the way that Act one is structured, and it is like very well structured, but um, it's just structured in a different way than you usually see in right. most movies. Because usually, like typically, putting the 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 team together would be the start of Act two because the character has made the decision to go on the journey, mm-hmm. and so. Because he's made that decision to yeah. go on the journey, like now you're in Act Two. Yeah, well, but, but yeah. with this, mm-hmm. it's not enough that our hero decides to go on the journey. He has to get all of the others to enable him. Right. He needs he needs them to make it to make it work. Right. Yeah. It, I don't know. It almost kind of reminds me of like, um, you know, we were just talking earlier off mic a few weeks ago about uh, King of Staten Island. Yeah, a Judd Apatow movie, which is you know for better or worse, a, a Judd Apatow movie through and through. Sure. And I'm just imagining. Like, yeah, it could be like an hour 
yeah. of just really living in Gary's day to day life, but you know, but being like a, a, a down on his luck forty year old, and then like an hour into the movie, he's like, wait, I could just. Yeah. The all of a sudden, <laughs> you know, if this wasn't if there were no aliens in this, this would basically be a Jed Apatow movie. Definitely, yeah. <laughs> a middle-aged character who is stuck in adolescence and all of his friends are like, "When are you going to grow up, man? Get your shit together." Loser. There's just not uh, yeah, and I guess the him him giving all of his toys away or reading the baby books. Yeah. Is like doing the golden mile or you know, going to going to live in a firehouse. Gary King would be played by uh, Paul Rudd, I think. In this, Absolutely, yeah. In the Judd well, Apatow version of this. Like scruffy, mute Paul Rudd. Yeah. Not yeah. mute Paul Rudd, the movie Mute Paul Rudd. Right, right. The movie Mute, the Netflix movie. The sequel to Moon. Yeah. <laughs> sort of. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Spiritual sequel, I guess. Yeah. Same universe. Same universe. Uh, Yeah. So, anyway. Yeah. Man, Brosman Pike, not in this movie enough. No. She's gone again. Gone, girl. Gone, girl. <laughs> I'm gone, girl. <laughs> Get out of here, girl. <laughs> uh, the car's running pretty smooth, considering. Yeah. It's like a human body to the hood, to the roof of it. Yeah, but, you know, that doesn't affect the engine. That's true. It's just going to be a little breezy. Mm-hmm. There she goes. Get some buggins in her teeth. Yeah. Um. All right. Well, uh, that's uh, that'll about do us today. So, um, small minor announcement. This would be it's Tuesday, which means we would usually be talking about our Amazon affiliate. Isn't it link. Funny how that works out. Yeah, Amazon affiliate link. Uh, however, today I have learned that we no longer have one uh, because they wanted us to basically post ads all over our site uh, a site that no one really goes to because you know you all use the apps and stuff to download it yeah we're um, gonna ask you to go on our site right yeah because there's nothing there yeah it's just the post for the podcast <laughs> it's basically there just to organize all the podcast feeds like, yeah that's really what the website's there for um, and uh, uh, because I don't want to post ads all over the site and instead have been orally telling you on the podcasts all of our podcasts, about uh, uh, going to our, our special Amazon affiliate link. Um, they, uh, this is not good enough for them. And so um, they've decided to close our affiliate account. So we no longer have an Amazon affiliate account. So if you are still using our link, uh, you can go ahead and delete that guy. Yeah. Get rid of it. We're free. We're free. We're free. <laughs> and we can just we can just full on say fuck Jeff Bezos. Yeah. Uh that rich prick. Yeah, no more. <laughs> just no yeah, no no more like awkward kind of skittish ambivalent ads yeah. about this thing that was working well for us. Yeah, it was working well. I mean, we were using it. We were Yeah. You were you know, you, buying mics and stuff. Yeah. I just bought you a mic yeah. not too long ago. We've heard from listeners that kind of, you know, yeah. but yeah, but you know, we're grateful cuz that was always kind of a weird monkey on our shoulder. Uh, yeah. Uh, so yeah. So it took the decision out of our hands. It took the decision out of our hands, which yeah. is which is nice. So yeah. yeah. So if you were using that as a way to help us out, we're very grateful for it. But uh, yeah, may- maybe chip in that three to five dollars that you were going to spend on like candlesticks or <laughs> candlesticks. I don't know. I don't know. You get on Amazon. <laughs> yeah, uh, but yeah, if you if you if, uh, if you still want to support us, there's the Patreon duelinggenre slash support. Um, and then there's the T public, which I don't think is going anywhere. Duelinggenre.com slash merch. So what do you want to pimp on Tuesdays now? I don't know. 
I don't know. Geek by Night? Geek Go by listen night. to Geek by Night. Yeah, listen to Geek by Night. <laughs> Um, but yeah, so uh, so yeah, no more, no more Amazon affiliate. We're no longer an Amazon dueling genre is no longer an Amazon affiliate. Yep, never, never again. Let so, it be known on this day. So uh, there's that. We're free. We're free <laughs> of this curse. To do what we want to do <laughs> any old time, any old time, uh, and we will. And tomorrow we're going to be talking about minute seventy three. But for now, let's boo boo.